Welcome to the CG Pro Podcast. Today, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Jonathan Wimbush. Um, I'll be introducing Jonathan in a second. Uh, if you enjoy today, you want to follow us, you can find us at becomecgpro.com or in our Facebook group. Um, so yeah, very excited today to have Jonathan on. Uh, Jonathan is a award-winning motion graphics and Unreal Engine expert and he's worked for on some very cool projects through movies working on some great properties like uh, iron man and all kinds of cool things for big clients like netflix and marvel and epic games um, and it's a popular youtube channel and uh, and many other things as well uh, jonathan welcome it's great what to up, have what you up? <laughs> thank you man appreciate you having me on i know it's been since um it's been what since like spring we've been talking about handling this since nab actually yeah 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 that's right yeah yeah i remember bumping into you in the crowd and yeah it's it's great to to make it make it happen i know you're a, yeah you're a busy man a, say it's been a crazy summer you know everything um since the pandemic i don't want to say it's over but since it's slowed down and stuff has opened back up like all the conferences are pretty much back in full force now so it's been um it's been pretty cool, you know, going out, seeing people in real life again that you haven't seen for the past two or three years. So, yeah, it's been a busy, busy summer. Fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to asking you all about it. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to kick this off just by uh, asking you a couple of questions about the, the the early years and how how you got into this. I would say this industry, you know, I know that you're a motion graphics you come from that that world um right you've, i know you've done a few other things as well in a few other industries but how, what what were some early inspirations for you that that led you to want to do the work that you do yeah like the whole motion graphics thing kind of came about on accident because originally i wanted to work in game design because i grew up a gamer like ever since the like the Tandy 1000 for anybody old enough to remember those old school computers with the floppy disk and there was like no graphics on the screen. Like you're literally like printing stuff out and reading as you know, you're going through the game and stuff like that. And so just like gaming has been like a huge part of my life. And I thought I wanted to be a game developer until I started applying for different universities and art schools and pretty much got rejected everywhere for, you know, trying to get into game art and stuff. But when I applied to the art Institute, they said that we don't think that you'll fit in the gaming division, but we have this new program called motion graphics and VFX that we think you might fit into. So maybe do a couple of semesters there. And then if you're not feeling it, maybe you can move over to game art, you know, as you're working on your portfolio. So that's where it kind of came about. Like I gave it a shot and I fell in love with the programs there. Like back then we were using like um, XXI, Soft Image, um, Autodesk Combustion, 3d studio max and the like so yeah i just fell in love with the program there and just kept pursuing it and got my bachelor's degree in motion graphics fantastic was was there was there any um anything particular about it that really excited you back then or that maybe still does yeah like the one thing that really caught my eye like i think the matrix one was pretty popular mm. back then and those type you know at that time those bfx were groundbreaking and no one at least outside of hollywood had any idea of how they really created that stuff because you know like visual effects and the like still seem like a mysterious art and when i was taking a tour of the school in the basement they were actually building like a green screen facility where they were actually reenacting some of the the scenes from the matrix and i just thought that was so cool and i'm like I didn't realize like we had the capabilities of creating like Hollywood type of effects. And I just got deeper and deeper into it. So I came across, you know, like the Adobe suite. Um, I came across Chris and Trish Myers. They wrote like all the After Effects books back in the day. And I just kept really getting interested in it. And once I saw like the power of Hollywood was actually something that we could physically do on our desktops at home, I just was all in. Amazing. Well, I definitely resonate with that myself. Um, and actually, the matrix, I was at uh, university doing a computer science degree and a, a guy called Paul Debevec wandered in for a guest lecture and uh, having just done some of that, the, some of the research that led to the visual effects on that movie and some of his his groundbreaking oh, wow. innovations. And we, we actually were lucky enough to have him on a podcast 
a few episodes ago. Uh, so it's mm. a great, great full circle. But that, that definitely inspired me as well to to think, and especially when you start to see that, yeah, it's it is possible to do it yourself. Um, yeah. And I know that yeah. that's a lot of what you are involved in now is inspiring people further, you know, like as you were in the beginning. You're inspiring people to realize what they're capable of and that they can have a go and it's a lot of what what i see from you on the internet yeah i mean now more than ever like before a lot of stuff was behind a paid wall you know coming up so not proud of it but you know going through art school we used to pirate software just so we could use it at home to try to get like our assignments done and stuff like that but it's like now with applications actually taken on like the free to play model, you know, you have programs like Unreal, which we, you know, you and I both use, you have Unity, we have CryEngine, um, Blender, there's like really accessible, like, um, I can't think of what it's called. It's like a Photoshop Illustrator type application. It's like 30 bucks for a full license. So it's like, if you mm. want to get into the arts, it's like, there's no better time than now because everything is so accessible these days. Yeah, that's amazing. What, um, what in the beginning did you did you do on some of the movies that you worked on and was that motion graphics work yeah so my my um career primarily has been in motion graphics so right. early on in my career i had the um opportunity to intern under adam sandler of all people over here at happy really. madison and um over there, I got just like a whole wealth of different experiences and different mediums because like he, you know, he produces his own movies, he would mm -hmm. produce TV shows and not only like doing Happy Madison stuff, but he brought in opportunities for me to work on other properties. Like my very first movie I got to work on was um, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer from Marvel. And so I was a part of the team that created the full CG motion graphics main title sequence at the beginning so wow. the original one was probably like four minutes long but for like theatrical cut they ended up cutting it down to like 90 seconds or something like that but if you get mm -hmm. the blu-ray you can actually see like all the work that we put behind it but yeah i got to work on fantastic four and then that led into me working on iron man one um of course all the happy madison films back then click house bunny mall cop like it, it was just a whole bunch and it was a ton of fun too just being around other artists, like I feel like those early years of my career, being under artists that already been in the industry, I learned a lot more then than I ever did during our school, which is kind of crazy because mm. it's like that hands-on training, like nothing can replace it. Right. Yeah. The, that's when the, the learning really begins, right? When you get your first yeah. job or internship. And how did, how did that come about, the, the internship? Yeah, it's just... um one of those things where i tell people like never give up type thing like when i graduated from art school i was like back then basically you had to be in la or new york to work on anything and um i'm from pittsburgh you know in the midwest of the united states and um after graduation i actually would burn like a stack of dvds and i would just send them to like every studio out here in hollywood and um i actually did have a junior position that I drove all the way across country to start in the day that I was supposed to start, the company went under, like, I'm not sure oh, what man. happened, but it's well, like, I literally yeah. drove, you know, days across the country to start, you know, excited, everything went under, I had to go back to Pittsburgh, but wasn't really deterred. I just kept sending my reel out to studios. And it just so happened that Adam Sandler's assistant at that time, was from my home city in Pittsburgh. And so like when she saw the physical address for Pittsburgh on the envelope, that's what prompted her to open it up because she was just curious, like, like who's sending us letters from Pittsburgh? And they saw my reel and they gave me a call, like out of nowhere. And I caught a red eye, came out to LA and yeah, the rest of this history from there. Wow, that's amazing. <clears throat> so you, yeah, you, they, you put a lot in there though, that there's a lot, I think for a lot of our listeners, have been in the industry for a while, but there's a good number of people who want to break into the industry. I know there's a lot of people now who are making their own content and don't necessarily want to go into Hollywood. But um, yeah, for for it, I think the advice there is is amazing. You know, the the determination, the not giving up, the 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 number of times that you have to put things out there before something will stick. It's, it's something which I I tell people a lot as well at the school. It's not it's not just that one 
yeah. application that you think that that job is perfect for you and you're going to get it you know you're going right. to get tons of projections <laughs> you're going to get a lot of things that don't go that way yeah there's going to be a lot of closed doors and um you just have to keep going until someone just creaks that door open and then you just bust your way through and once mm -hmm. you're in that door then it's easy to you know try to pursue and build your way up like like i said at the beginning like i was rejected to work in game art and coming full circle now i'm doing stuff with epic games so it's like right it took a while to get to where i wanted to be but i was able to make it happen yeah that's amazing yeah just sometimes it a life life deals it to you in the way that it's meant meant for you not always the way that you want it to happen or think it's right. going to happen <laughs> but yep. yeah as long as your your dream is uh, is one that's meant for you and you you pursue it you're you're living proof that you can make it happen yeah yeah what, like we said earlier if there's a will there's a way right what advice would you give to people starting out now uh, who are looking to pursue something like motion graphics or visual effects yeah i would still say like i know i was saying like nothing can like replace hands-on training like your internship or coming in as a junior artist but it's also important to build the foundation and the building blocks beforehand so you never want to go in just cold turkey not knowing anything like i still do think that university and online schools and things of that nature still do have a place and so i would always say you know kind of gauge what your interest is and then try to find something that you could get into whether it's you know physical university or online school and just start pursuing it and start familiarizing yourself with the different applications that are out there never um I would say never try to hone in just on one application because there's so many different applications out there that could do so many things. You want to kind of keep your horizons open and yeah, just keep trying to learn like learning never ends. I've been doing this for 15 years and I'm still learning stuff to this day. So just keep your mind open, keep pursuing the education. And um, yeah, I mean, with the internet, it's pretty easy to get in contact with whoever you want to work with or you know, like if you want to contact like Disney, I mean, you can either go on LinkedIn, you can find like the recruiters, you can start sending your stuff there and start building a report early, you know, like hit up the recruiters and just say like, hey, I'm just starting out, but would it be okay if I send you my progress as I'm moving along? And you'll be surprised at how many people will actually be open to, you know, seeing your progress and more than likely be able to pick you up whenever you're ready. Right. Yeah, and start start laying the groundwork and yeah, building your network is the the two the two big things you have to do, right? You got to work on your skills and you got to work on your marketing, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I tell artists all the time as artists, um, I know a lot of us could be introverts, but our we are our brand. So like you were saying, like you have to lay out groundwork, start with your networking and um building up your portfolio as an artist because you're representing yourself and you have to be able to sell yourself as well right yeah essentially you are you are a product that you're trying to sell even if you yep. don't want to think that way as an artist <laughs> you basically are in some way yep. or another if you want to actually eat and make money from doing this and it, yeah it's a it's really yeah really interesting what you were saying about the games industry too i know that's a extremely competitive it's probably the most competitive area of computer graphics that, that yeah. uses computer graphics and um, uh but so now you're you're you've gone through all of these amazing experiences and you're you're working with a games company you're working with a, a a game not just a games company but somebody who's making the one of the most exciting pieces of software around today right so i mean that's um that was never even in my thoughts you know like working with epic games but it's just one of those things that um life you know when it gives you opportunity they always have to be ready to take it like a lot of people will say like oh you're lucky you get to do this this and this and i don't believe in luck and it's like even if somebody is lucky it's like they had to put in the work to be able to grab the opportunity whenever that lucky situation happened like if i wasn't ready when epic games approached me then you know luck or no luck it's like i would have never had the opportunity to work with them so a lot of hard work behind the years and just keep pursuing and you just never know who's out there watching you like they actually found me through youtube uh, you know of all things and on social media so you never quite know who's out there watching you and you know checking out what you're doing yeah, that's good advice yeah and i think especially for 
for us artist types, as you said, we're, we're known to be kind of introverted and, and want to make cool stuff and hope that someone kind of ends up in our house and sees it and <laughs> we get discovered. But right. that's generally not how it happens. You know, the, the most successful artists that I know are prolific and they just pro prolific in terms of their production, their learning, right. as you said, and also also their sharing. Yeah. The sharing is the biggest part. Like I know, um, especially in the early, um, early days, like I was saying, like I had artists that I was actually under that they, like, anytime I had a question, like no one ever turned their back to me. Like the motion graphics community was just so opening and they were uplifting each other. Like everybody was helping each other. There was like no trade secrets or anything like that. And as I got older, and I wanted to start reciprocating that. That's why I started putting stuff out on YouTube because I feel like that's important. Like the industry moves ahead if the artists are more knowledgeable. And so I feel like the more knowledge you can give out, the more you'll get back and everybody's just learning on top of each other. And that's how you get these advancements in the art industry. Like, especially with, um, like if you look at Unreal Engine, I know like I was starting with four and, um, they were asking like, what are some things that motion graphics and VFX artists would want? And I said, right off the bat, I was like, it would be nice to have some type of mats or crypto mats. And they didn't quite understand it. But the more we started showing them, you know, like, this is why we need crypto mats, you know, before you know it, they were able to implement it in there. And so that's, you know, us sharing our knowledge with the people out there that are asking and getting stuff implemented into these different softwares. And it's just helping pushing it forward. Right. So yeah, so you've got Epic Games on one end, they're asking you what would make this better, and then you're getting to tell them that, help make the product better, but also right. you've got an audience and they're they're looking to you for inspiration and, and advice. And um, how, did, how did the YouTube thing get started for you? Yeah, the, it, like a lot of stuff in my career, it's like one of those things that just kind of happened, right? Like. Um, like as I'm working, like especially the past couple of years, maybe past 10 years, I've been just working remotely out of my home office here. And um, I was still keep in touch with a lot of, you know, art colleagues and stuff like that. But the, the thing was, whenever I'm working and I would figure out a problem, I would go back and do like a screen capture of what I just did, just so I wouldn't personally forget it. Because what I've noticed is another client might come with that same exact uh, request, maybe like three or six months down the line. And then you're like, man, I know I did this before. How did I do this? And so I would just like do screen captures of my sessions. And then if, you know, other colleagues would hit me up through like instant messenger or something and say like, Hey, would you happen to know how to do this? I would just send them over a clip from like my screen capture and say like, Oh yeah, I did it this way and send that off. And I've done that enough times to where people are like, why aren't you just putting this stuff up on YouTube? And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. So <laughs> it kind of started from there. I started putting stuff on YouTube and um, the reaction from the audience was great enough to where I just kept pursuing it and kept doing it. Okay, great. So, so it was something that you were doing already anyway for your own process, and yeah, somebody encouraged you because they liked what you were doing, and and then it started to build. And you've you've been pretty consistent with it since then. You you're you're enjoying it. You have a a good following. Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah, I've been um. Yeah, I think I get at least one tutorial up a week. Like I have my setup oh. here, like I have my camera up there and the mic is just on the arm. So if I'm working on client work and I figure something out, then it's as easy as, you know, just turn on the camera, turn on the mic, hurry up and, you know, do the tutorial, package it together. And then, um, yeah, putting it up on YouTube. So I can, um, I've gotten it down to a science to where I can knock them out pretty quickly. So sometimes I do like two to three tutorials a week, just depending, you know. Well, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's definitely an art to producing that kind of material and effectively teaching what what you're you're doing is an an education. You know, you're in you're in education by doing that and figuring out what makes a good educational experience. So I'm trying. I'm not on your guys's level. Like you guys that are professional educators, like I feel like I'm more doing it for um I don't know, it's more like a I don't want to say it's for fun, but like I, I was talking to somebody yesterday that was actually like breaking down like schematics and algorithms and hitting points that I never thought about. Like whenever I'm delivering the content and stuff like that, like I kind of just go out there and do it, but I never really thought of myself as like a professional, if that makes any type of sense. 
not well, in think, the education space, you know. But you, you definitely strike a chord with people, and I think there's different types of of education as well. There's sometimes you can you can say all of the things that are in a program, and sometimes it's too much, you know. And mm. being being able to make it relatable is where the actual value is if you can actually get that information across to people in a way that they understand it and right. follow through and are able to achieve something then that I, I i can tell you that i yes i run a school but i have watched jonathan wimbush videos to figure <laughs> something out in the past so i appreciate it yeah i'm one of your followers um no, thank and you yeah they, they, they I, to me they they are they're they're great they're they're nice bite size they are relatable you've you've simplified um a complicated subject into a way that somebody can understand and follow through no so, thank you yeah, yeah i know just um like myself like i i watch tutorials online as well and um i know one of the things that have always struck me was i've always felt like time is money and so it's like i don't want to kind of elongate stuff and waste people time because like at first i would you know be long-winded and stuff like that but i realized that people are coming for the educational content. So I tried to focus more on that. And it's, um, as you know, like being an educator, it's, it's a process. Like you learn as you go, like you're not only learning the software, you're learning how to relay this information to people too, to keep it interested in, you know, make it so they can relate and be able to take something away from it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the, that's the art part. The science part is the technical yeah. things that you're trying to get across. <laughs> But the art of doing it and how you do it effectively, I think is that's something which is is tricky. Not all the people that who know things are good at relaying those things to other people, uh, right. and it's yeah. I I think uh, you're yeah. You're definitely getting a lot of love in the chat here as well. I know we we do this live, oh, so it's great to see the, uh, <laughs> the 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 love from the audience, especially. I know some of your your followers are are watching this today as well. Yeah, I was trying uh, to watch the chat and look at the camera at the same time because it's like I have the camera up here and my screen's here and the chat's here. So <laughs> I'm kind of looking all over the place here. Yeah, sorry. We're a live podcast. It's distracting. No, it's okay. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners. And if you if you do want to ask questions as we're doing this live, please do. Um, we will bring them up if if possible and especially if they make sense. Um, I've got speaking of that, we have a couple of questions on deck here. Um, so let me let me ask you a couple of things from the audience. Yeah. Um, so one one person, as you you mentioned, Unreal Engine, um, somebody asks, what do you like most about Unreal 5 compared to Unreal 4? Yeah, I would say the first thing that um, jumped out to me whenever first our five first came out was just uh, the way that they laid everything out, I felt like it focused more on the viewport. Like I liked the real estate that they gave you. And then I also felt like I'm still on a, like a 2080 TI in which like, it's, it's a good card, but it's a little bit older, but I was still able to, you know, build out big landscapes for work and things of that nature. And it was still proficient. And I was able to like, I don't know if it's just me overthinking it, but I felt like I was actually able to work in it faster than I was getting a little bit sluggish there and for so I like the advancements of you know how I'm able to work faster and then of course the new lumen system was great just for trying to get that realistic lighting in there that I was missing in for the advancements of ray tracing you know that goes coincide with looming as well gives you better shadows and more realistic shadows and um I've been loving the new tools that they've been implementing as well like some of the modeling tools that are in mm. there now like before, if I brought in an FBX and maybe I needed to add more polygons to it because I was doing like mesh painting or something like that, I would have to go back into like Cinema 4D, add more polygons and then re-import it. But now with the modeling tools, it's like I could stay more inside of Unreal instead of going back and forth between uh, different programs. Right. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, they're, uh, they're, they're like social media in a way they're trying to keep you in the same the same space yeah. and providing <laughs> you with with the reasons to do that i like that i like it for the same reasons and um i uh, particularly yeah really interested in seeing how they're they're slowly kind of moving it towards being a dcc in itself as opposed yeah. to just something that consumes things you made elsewhere it's now right yeah giving you the ability to be able to make model to um even start to rig 
characters and that kind of thing. Yeah, rig characters. Um, you could do cloth simulations now. They have like the chaos cloth sim that just um I think that's recently new. That's pretty cool. And then of course the chaos system for doing your dynamic um what's it called? Like I guess you like your destruction, like your binary fractures yep. and things of that nature. Like I, I remember they announced chaos back in twenty nineteen. So to see that being more realized still in five, I think that's really cool. And um, yeah, even like the the particle system with Niagara and being able to do like fluid effects and stuff like that directly inside of Unreal has been really cool as well. Like before, I would you know do fluid effects somewhere else, bring it in with Olympics, but now with like you have like plugins like Fluid Ninja that make it really easy to do that. They added um, like I, I work a lot on shows like Deadliest Catch and Alaska Last Frontier where everything in Alaska is surrounded by ocean, right? And so now they have like the water bodies that you can literally drag and drop like oceans and rivers and lakes and stuff like that. And it's all fully dynamic. So there's, there's a lot of cool stuff that you no longer really have to go outside of Unreal to implement now. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's exciting. It's amazing to see how performant they can be in in real time as well. Stuff that we used to have to wait for a really long time just for the simulation of some cloth or the simulation of some water or to watch it render you know that would that would take a really long time and it's, it's a a revolution yeah. that's going on right now yep 100%. How, do you, how do you how do you feel about the uh the the kind of real-time revolution i've been waiting for it <laughs> it's been one of those things like i know um when I first got into it, like, um, yeah, this is probably around 2019. A lot of people didn't understand why I was trying to pursue Unreal so much because, you know, typically people thought of it as a game engine. But I can remember as far back as like 2010, like when I worked with Warner Brothers and I was doing ad campaigns for some of the WB games. Like the first one that comes to mind is Lego Harry Potter. I worked on that game there. And you know, I had access to all the different assets. Like I had all the Lego characters, you know, the terrains, the different modeling blocks and stuff of that nature. And yeah, we could build stuff out in cinema, but I mean, that was even before GPU render. So it's like we had standard render and physical render, which I mean, a frame to render would take minutes on end. And so we came up with the idea of why don't we try, you know, like back then it was the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. We had the game developer kits for that. So we're like, why don't we try to implement these game systems and work within those means because everything is working in real time. And so like, I would bring my son down to the studio. He would play out the scenes. We'd have the director like directing him on what to do. I would have another Xbox controller and I'm physically controlling like the camera and everything because we were inside of God mode. So we had complete control over everything in the game. And we're literally recording all the shots that we needed in real time within the game system, which I thought was crazy because to do that in a regular DCC, that would have took us like weeks to implement. And here we are recording straight to a tape deck. And then we relay that over to an editor and we did like the complete campaign like that. So, I mean, I've been chasing real-time rendering ever since like a decade ago. And now it's finally here to where we can actually use the tools that they use in gaming more proficiently. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And thanks to some of the quality enhancements that you've, you've been talking about from lighting and those kinds of things, the functionality that's within there. It's, yeah, it's very, very exciting time. Um, yeah. and you also answered another one of my questions in, in uh, the middle there, which is how do you, how do you, you have, you have kids, you have a job, mm -hmm. you have a, you know, well, you do work, you do the channel. How do you find time for all of those things? And one, one, uh, giveaway that you gave was you bring your, son to work and make him put him to work <laughs> <laughs> i mean he was happy to do it because they would get you get to see stuff that um especially on the lego side because like back then i mean but he was in elementary school so yeah like him going back to school and say like hey i got to work on lego harry potter or the new lego batman game and mortal kombat and stuff like that and then um we actually won a BAFTA award for Lego Batman 2, the game um, campaign oh, cool. that we worked on there. So, you know, like I got the BAFTA statue and like it had my name on it. So he actually took it because he's like, well, I worked on it. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> he, like he had so much fun back then just being able to work in the industry that, you know, that that's what made it fun for me also, because it's just like 
this stuff should be fun. Like it shouldn't feel like work. Cause it's like, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, then it's just going to make your day drag on. But if you're enjoying what you're doing, then it's just like the days go just like that. Like I could literally sit behind a computer for like 20 hours with no break, just because I enjoy what I'm doing. That's awesome. Do you uh, have any like insights into what keeps it interesting and fun after 15 years? Yeah, just always pursuing what the next thing is. Um, you know, whenever one thing seems to get tedious or boring, there's always something else out there that you can learn and add to your workflow. And for me, it's all about like experimenting and kind of figuring things out. And so that's what I enjoy most. Like, yeah, I could run Cinema 4D and After Effects in my sleep. It's like a second language at this point. But then it's like, okay, Unreal is here. How can I force this to implement into my workflow to make my life better and, you know, doing stuff like that. And then it's like, you know, you're into this whole different world and you're meeting different people and you're getting different aspects of art and how you could kind of think outside the box. And that that's the type of stuff that really keeps me going and keeps me excited and keeps me pursuing this. Right. So, yeah, I had a, I had a similar moment in the middle of my visual effects career is about the same length of time, 15 so years. And I felt like I honestly felt like I maybe need to look for something new because I kind of felt this little dip in the passion. And I, I realized that it was it was exactly that it was just not um, not not growing. It was not pushing myself. It wasn't seeking the next thing. I've been doing that for seven or eight years and working really hard and I've wanted to right. kind of bring it down a notch, but I brought it down a bit too low for a bit too long <laughs> and I started right. to get bored and started to think, well, okay, maybe I don't like this anymore, but my goodness, it came back with a bang and thank goodness it did, especially being ready for this time that we're in now and this ex one of the most exciting times I've known in, in film or visual effects, certainly yeah, during my career. I think it's, um, at least for me, this is probably the most exciting time since, um, like GPU rendering first came on the scene. Like I remember getting like Octane version two and people were starting to stack like GPUs in our system and building out like local render farms and just like pursuing faster and faster render times. And it's like, now you are able to use the power of your graphics card to be, you know, work faster and be more proficient and. I felt like that was getting kind of stagnant for there for a while. You know, it's like you can only stack so many cards in the system and um, it's getting more expensive. And, you know, with like crypto mining out there, the cards were becoming harder to get. And then it's like, boom, now you have Unreal Engine that you only need one GPU and you can work in real time to do practically anything, which is literally insane to me. Like, I still don't understand, you know, like the logistics behind it and how they're able to make it work so fluently. But yeah, I mean, it's been great. A lot, a lot of magic and very hard work. Something. Going <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating to me as well. Having sat and wait, waiting for a week, I always talk about this early commercial I did with, which was a 62nd and the renders that I put on the farm, we had a decent sized farm and it was a week before they were going to come back. And I had to tell my producer, then yeah. he just freaked out. Like I, I told the <laughs> client they were going to see the changes in, in a couple of days. You were telling uh, me a yeah. week. <laughs> Definitely now been I'm, there a lot. Yeah, no, it's, it's incredible now to see like the matrix city where it's, it looks in, um, way better than that did. And it, it's pictures are forming in, in real time. I think. No, it's maybe something which people take for granted, not having had to go through that if they're entering at this time. But yeah, it's a good I mean, thing. I definitely remember um, we we had somebody build out like the entire Warner Brothers studio lot in um, because they had these things called upfronts where like all the broadcast stations from around the world would come to Warner Brothers studio. And this is where they would look at all the pilots and kind of pick up like the shows that they want to have on their networks. And it was a really big deal. And so at the Warner Brothers studio, we always made like a three to five minute montage opening scene that was completely CG. And um, I remember we had the big 3D model of the Warner Brothers studio lot. And this thing was taking forever to just render. Like we, we literally had render nodes on like the secretary's iMac. <laughs> you know, it's like it got to that <laughs> point to where we're just putting Cinema 4D nodes on like every computer that we had access to on a lot just to try to kick the renders up faster. And it's like, now you could literally play like the matrix scene on like a 
PlayStation Five or Xbox system, and it's like, man, it, it's just so crazy how how far we've come in like the past decade. Yeah, no, it's it's exciting. It's exciting for the the workflow too, because that's got more fluid and uh, and, and in in essence, to me, more creative because because you can make changes and see them in real time. You can you can play with it more as opposed to yeah. make a change, wait for a week, get it back, go. I don't even know what I wanted it to be a week ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've a couple, couple more questions um, coming in here from from the audience. Um, somebody asking recently saw you started learning Blender. How has that been for you? <laughs> um, that's been a weird one because, um, like I said, like I like i originally came from like xsi soft homage 3d max and then moved on to cinema 40 and um yeah i've been on cinema for the past 15 years now but um i noticed with my kids even my son he was um like my son took like a cinema 40 course online and i was trying to teach it to him but all the kids in the younger generation like they're all on blender like all his school mm -hmm. friends all my daughter's school friends like they're all using Blender. Like, uh, you know, a lot of them watch a lot of YouTube, a lot of influencers on TikTok. Like, they're all using Blender and showcasing it. And so um, my daughter was asking me to teach her 3D. And I'm like, well, I don't know Blender, but maybe we could take a class together because, you know, it comes up enough and I see enough cool stuff coming out of it that I figured maybe I should learn it as well just to kind of keep up with the times. Because like I said, you never want to pigeonhole yourself just in one application. It's always good to at least know what else is out there. So been um spending the past couple of weeks learning Blender with her. It's been um for her, it's been great because she doesn't know anything else. So it's all new and fresh to her. For me, it's been a little bit um it's been interesting. I'll say that because it's like <laughs> what takes like 12 steps in Blender, I could literally do in like two steps in cinema. So it's it's almost like backwards engineering, you know, in some respects of it. But I could definitely see why a lot of people are keen to Blender because there's there's a lot of cool tools in there that I've been seeing that I'm like, I could definitely see this being a big player in like five to ten years. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely making its mark. And I I had my eye on it since the the beginning, but it's it was I I tried it very early on and it just seemed mm -hmm. like something that couldn't do the types of things I wanted to do. So I just left it. And then two point right. eight suddenly it was like oh no this is a proper 3d software now this is this is good and yeah i felt the same uh maya maya guy traditionally and i could just it's burned into my muscle memory so i could just do <laughs> little gestures and things would happen <clears throat> in blender right. i'm like but i have to press eight keys to make this happen like it's just a completely yeah, a lot different of hot keys <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, but when you get um, it, it's like it's so functional and it's it's really great tool. I know. Um, I guess the big change was with Blender three, right? Because I feel like that's when everybody really started to hop on board with it. Because I did try it back then with like two point eight as well, and I I just gave up. I'm like I I don't want to waste my time here. But with um version three, and then most recently version three point three, I mean it's mm. only getting better and better. So it's becoming more, at least the UI is a little bit more tangible now. So it's like, it's not as chaotic as it seemed like it was back in version two. So right. I figure I'm, I might give it a few weeks. I'll give it a go and see if I come around to it. Cool. Well, well, uh, I definitely look forward to asking you in a few weeks, um, how, how it's going in a few weeks. I, yeah. It takes any new tool. I know it takes a while to get used to it and it's, I, I, I'm really hungry for it too because I, I, I feel like the amount of innovation that's coming through Blender is enormous yeah. compared to some of the other tools I will not mention that I've used in the past <laughs> maybe yeah. that not quite so much innovation. Um, that I think that's really, really strong and why also why I love Unreal and, and, and Houdini as well. I'm a big Houdini fan. Those three tools are my favorite because just the amount of, of creativity and innovation that's coming through them is just extraordinary. Yeah, I noticed, um, especially on those three platforms that you just mentioned, that like a lot of like the plugin developers, like that's where all the resources seem to be going to. Like I see, mm -hmm. like on my Twitter feed, I see like a lot of cool stuff coming out of Blender, like just on like the the plugin side. And I'm just like, man, I wish we had some of that stuff inside of Cinema. But it's like all the plugin developers, they're like they're going crazy inside of Blender. I don't know if it's because 
of the SDK being more open source, then it's easier to, you know, kind of jump in and implement with. But I'm seeing a lot of really cool stuff coming out of there, uh, that whole community, that plugin community there. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, effectively, they created a whole economy there where people can make cool stuff and and make a bit of money out of it. And that's yep. that's that's great. It's for the people who are developers. I used to be a software engineer before I go into this and be having a place where you could effectively make something like you can make a 3D model, put it on TurboSquid. But here you can make a piece of code and yep. it's useful. And there's many other programs that's not not that simple. I, I used to make right. plugins for Maya and it was really complicated um and cumbersome to do that but with blender they've just made it like uh like unreal has made cg more accessible and yes. i think blender have made has made programming more more accessible and unreal as well right i, I kind of find it interesting that um especially with those two platforms in their marketplaces with like blender and unreal how it's almost it seems like it's taken on like the the gaming mentality as to like here, here are these um, these programs. Like I'll bring up maybe like Roblox, for instance. Like Roblox is free, but you can also go in there and you can make like your own stores. You can make your own experiences, um, your games. And it's like these developers are using Roblox as like a platform that actually create and generate a lot of income for themselves. And even with like, uh, well, Fortnite is more closed off, but yeah, like Minecraft and things of that nature. And it's kind of like with Blender and Unreal, it's like developers could come in, make stuff for those applications. And like, I know a couple of developers are actually making like their yearly income just off of the stuff that they're putting on a marketplace. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. And I, and get ready for Fortnite to do that as well, because they've, they've already announced the, there's going to be an Unreal Engine for Fortnite um, release. So that you can oh, wow. author things for Fortnite, and so so far as they say, they're they're just allowing it. They're not going to get too in the way, and I I'm I'm really excited to see what happens when that when that opens up. Yeah, I mean that means more people are going to be spending more V bucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean I only see it as a good thing opening up. I mean it's been closed off for so long, and it's still so popular that. You just like I always bring up Roblox because my daughter plays it a lot, but I just mm. see the power of that community there and just like all the people that are creating assets, you know, even like assets and stuff for it, like different clothing and hats and shoes. And even people that are just designing that stuff are still making like a living income, uploading their stuff to the asset store and selling it. So I feel like moving forward, that's kind of like the model that I feel like a lot more companies are going to kind of get behind. Like, make your programs open access and then maybe you make your your revenue off the marketplace there right yeah and you really really build a strong community around the thing yeah. that you make there's there's so so much now that as you i'm sure you know being a uh, a youtube channel as well it's all about the community it's all about the people in there i think it's yep. a wonderful thing that has made computer graphics more more connecting and yep. something that was it's a bit different back in the day it was kind of it happened in these magical warehouses that you had no access <laughs> to you needed right. 200 grand for the machine and the light and the software to even even try it but now it's yeah it seems like everyone's yeah. having a go yeah i mean i remember that's why i never used like a flint flame or a smoke machine back then because it's like who yeah. had access to that to their house like you literally had to go into a studio just to even like try it so it's like it's tough to learn because it's like you're on studio time but yeah now everything is so free and out there that yeah it's it's definitely a great time like people ask me all the time like should i jump in and be an artist and it's like if that's what you want to pursue like it's easier now than ever like there's just so much out there that you could kind of use at your advantage right yeah yeah before million dollars for a flame machine and the software yep. it was just wild and those those people got paid a lot because they could only they could only learn it in a facility that had one of them yeah and it's just it's it's amazing yeah it's, i think it's so cool where we've come um i'm excited to see where it goes and nobody will ever know where it's going to go but definitely yeah, very exciting i say we'll be here to lead the way right <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah Cool. I, I'm looking forward to keeping up with your your Blender journey. That's exciting. I'm I'm doing that as well. And in, in the background, with having 
Maya has been my workhorse for so long and Houdini as well and Unreal for quite a long time, last seven years or so. But Blender, I'm yeah. really excited for what's going on there. Um, somebody is asking, any thoughts on the future of green screen and Unreal Engine? Um, now that's something, because I, I typically do more like world building and motion graphics. Um, I don't do a lot of like live action stuff per se, but um, like I, I did do a tutorial a couple of years back. There was a plugin called Composite Brush that allowed you to do like live green screening. Like I know since then they came out with um, Composure that you could mm -hmm. do live green screen inside of Unreal. But for me personally, like my studio or home office here is only yet so big. So I don't have a lot of experience doing that type of stuff just because it's a hassle putting up the green screen. Like I have one, but just lazy. <laughs> don't want to ever put it up and tear it down, you know, stuff like that. So we have a, a very nice background there. You wouldn't want to spoil it. <laughs> you make, make me, yeah, I'm going to maybe think I have to up my, my lighting game and put some more stuff in the back there. They get um, some, some, um, RGB lights on Amazon for like a few bucks, you know? I'll ask you about that after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give you, I'll shoot you my affiliate link. Cool. Yeah. Happy, <laughs> happy to pay it forwards. Um, so somebody here's asking, they're, they're interested in getting into character design with a focus on clothing and apparel that moves naturally. Do you have any thoughts about a good complementary platform uh, to use with Unreal to do that kind of work? yeah for so like myself i'm typically not a traditional modeler so it depends on like your skill set and what you're going for so like if you want to do like like actual like 3d sculpting and stuff of that nature then i would definitely say jump into zbrush um if you're like myself that um like i'm not really that proficient at zbrush and so i use this other program from real illusion called character creator they recently just uploaded or outdated um, character creator for where it's really easy to build characters and you can even take like selfies of people and sculpt those into different characters and they have a direct live link right into unreal which has really been handy now for clothing there's something out there called marvelous designer which it works just like how a seamstress will work so there's a lot of really cool tutorials out there on marvelous i think um travis davis has like an online series on it that I would say to jump into just to kind of get your feet wet, download the the trial version there, I think is like a 30 day trial, but it seems like for the industry standard, that's what a lot of people are using to create like their clothing and stuff. Great advice. Yeah. There's, um, there's a couple new things that are U Draper and so yeah, there's some advances happening in, in cloth, but Unreal's cloth is also, um, pretty good sim sim wise. And, I think if I, I like uh, the marvelous designer comment because I know that that's that's really how you it's designed for the clothing industry. So it is literally yeah. how you make clothes. Um, good, good chance for realism for, for that reason. Yep. Um, so another another question here: Which one would you prioritize to learn more, Blender or Houdini? Oh, <laughs> um, I guess. Like, are they asking me personally or are they saying like in general? Because like for me personally, like probably Blender, but like if somebody wants to get into like fluids and dynamics and um, particle effects, I would say more on the Houdini side, like you could probably speak more to that. But yeah, for me personally, like my interest would be more in learning what's capable in, or in Blender. Cool. I would take, I would go the same as well. If you, uh, if you were getting into computer graphics and wanted to, you know, do do the traditional things that we used to have to do, like modeling. Didn't have Sketchfab that we could just grab models from. We had to make it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's still very, <laughs> it's very very useful to know how to make stuff and have a DCC that's there that can be your workhorse that you can make you make things in. You can also change things, manipulate them, do texture work, and they, I would say go Blender first. Houdini's yeah. a, a wild animal. It's so powerful and i love it but um it, it can be a little out of context if you haven't gone through that road first i would say yeah it's um i know houdini they um it feels like they pride themselves on how complicated 
it is <laughs> like I, i've been to a couple of like side effects events and um actually did go at uh, the one year at SIGGRAPH i went to um there was like a houdini talk because they did like a spider-man commercial and they were going to show how they created that in houdini and just all the different nodes and attributes that it took to do like one simple thing i'm just like oh man like it just seemed more uh, complicated than it needed to be yeah well it's definitely suited for a certain type of work and it, they have a kind of religiosity over the, the procedural nature of creation which some of the other tools being more destructive processes and better suited way better suited for modeling and things like that and yeah it's Horses for courses, I think, but uh, <laughs> good question, I think, is, yeah, especially for people new to the industry. Um, somebody else is asking, um, it's an interesting question. What's, Jonathan, what is your definition of an artist these days? Drawing and painting, are they still foundational? It's kind of a um, question. That's a tough one because, like, um, the whole reason that I wasn't able to get into game art because I'm not that good of an illustrator. Like I couldn't, like my drawing portfolio, I might still have it, but yeah, it was, it was pretty pitiful at the time, but I was still able to become the artist that I wanted to be. And so like, there's different, different type of mediums in artistry. Like, you know, you can be a traditional painter or drawer, but that's not, that's, you know, like that's an old school mentality that that's not the only thing that's out there. Like, there's an artistry to programming. There's an artistry to sculpting. Um, somebody that's really good at lighting, like that's an art in itself. Somebody that's really good at coming up with camera compositions because that, like it, it seems like it's easy, but coming up with like a good camera angle that's interesting to the eye and keeps people engaged, like that's a whole art form in itself. That's why photography, anybody can have a camera, but there's only a few famous photographers because like, you know, only certain people have a keen eye for it. Um, there's colorists out there, like colorists make a lot of money because there's an art in coloring. Like I've seen colorists that will actually take a shot, make it black and white, do all the coloring. And then whenever they flip the color back on, like the, the pictures, you know, it's marvelous. So there's, I would say artistry kind of spans across a whole bunch of different mediums. And then now it's even being put into question with the whole revolution of artificial intelligence. Like, mm. you know, we had mid journey going crazy over the summer. There's been um, some AI stuff coming out of NVIDIA that's been pretty crazy. And a lot of the AI stuff is starting to make people question now, like, what is an artist? Because I know a couple of weeks ago, there was that guy that um, he entered like a contemporary art competition with like a mid-journey prompt, but didn't tell anybody it was AI, I think. And it actually mm -hmm. won like first place against like all these traditional painters and things like that. And that really got people kind of steamed up like that's not real yeah. art that was a computer art prompt or whatever but it's like the judges thought that it was good enough to be considered real art because they had no idea what the medium was behind it so yeah it's just one of those abstract notions of like what's really an artist because i mean yeah i don't know it's like what is the definition of an artist to begin with right a prompter that's what an yeah. artist is today <laughs> <laughs> gonna be good at prompting people i mean me i still like get my hands dirty so i don't think i'd ever yeah. be a prompter but yeah because there's, there's no for me so. there's no fun in that so yeah no i i think it's it's interesting though as a it's a as a as a tool and like all of this stuff and i, I know there's similar conversations in in music when sampling was first a thing people were really yeah. down on that saying you know you can't take bits of something else that's already been made and make something you can't that they made the original person made it you didn't make it but i guess that's but what true, happened yeah. after that you know it's, right. it's i think the same kind of thing that's happening here because all of the ai stuff is effectively sampling things out of things that have already been made by artists right. and putting them together and and yeah maybe some other things on top of that but most of them are machine learning and they have to learn from yes. artists is but i think there's a lot of things in there that i'm excited about that um it can take away some of the mundane tasks that I don't like doing. Um, yeah, that, I'm, I, I'm all out. I'm all out for that. 
because it's like recently over the summer i was getting into like photogrammetry pretty hardcore um doing photogrammetry mm. and um like lidar scanning and stuff like that and then now like nvidia is like oh yeah we have like this ai prompt thing that will make 3d models and i'm just like all right <laughs> it's like do i really need to still do photogrammetry and lidar scanning and stuff now that i could just kind of put in a prompt to make the 3d model that i want like there's still I can still see where there's an instance where photogrammetry will be good, especially like if you're working with like memorabilia or you want to get like a realistic item that's only one of a kind. But for the most part, it's like I think AI now could kind of simplify that project and our process and help you um, get to like the final result faster. Right. Yeah. And, and help you focus on the artistry part where you're, you are deciding what's going to appear. You're, there's, there's so many. I think I think people are scared of AI uh, because it's going to take away our jobs. But then somehow, robot or robots in general, you know, they're going to take away our jobs. So then we find other jobs, and I'm more of an optimist about that. I, I know I'm also a little bit scared of AI, but yeah. In terms in the terms of talking about the future, what are you what are you excited about? You've already talked about some things you're exploring um, and talked about AI a little bit. What what's uh, what's got your attention at the moment? Um, just still some of the stuff that are going to be coming out with the improvements of Unreal. We have 5.1 coming out here pretty soon. So I looked mm -hmm. at the roadmap and saw a couple of cool things in there, but I also know that there's some stuff that, um, wasn't announced yet. So I'm really curious to see what's going to be inside of there, especially as they're kind of pursuing more of like the broadcast and VFX side of things and leaning more into that. I want to see like how they're further implementing it to kind of make our lives better and make it easier for us to adapt to Unreal. So that's what I've primarily been keeping my eye on. And then also the um the grease pencil tool inside of Blender, like I've been mm. watching it for the past couple of years. I see a lot of really cool stuff. So now that I'm in Blender, that's what I'm starting to really, you know, engage in like how can I learn the grease pencil tool and do some of the cool stuff that I see online. So yeah, I think 2023 is probably going to be like a big Blender Unreal year for me. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to all the videos of your explorations. And um, yeah, within uh, Unreal 5, is there is there anything that you were, or Unreal in general, I guess, uh, is there anything that you would like to see that you don't see currently in it? Um, Motion graphics. Yeah, I so said I probably shouldn't say anything because I know some of the stuff that's coming okay. that I've requested. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't want to say like I'll be excited for it and then it comes out and it's like, oh man, I shouldn't. Yeah. But I, just say, I know there's yeah. some motion graphics stuff uh, in the works and some yeah. of the early experiments with geometry scripts and that kind of stuff. So it's it's kind of cool. But yeah, I can say there is some cool stuff coming. I'll say that. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. There's some cool yeah. stuff coming. Cool stuff your coming. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, any um, anything else that you would like to share? Uh, is there anything that you're working on that you'd like people to know about, or anywhere that people can follow you? Obviously, you've got your amazing YouTube channel. Yeah. Um yeah keep coming out with more stuff i have some more um unreal engine 5 stuff that i've been working on that's going to be coming out on youtube pretty soon and then also um yeah it's october already but unreal fest in new orleans is going to be coming up here in a couple of weeks on the 18th and so i'm going to be speaking at unreal fest this year i haven't put it out online yet but yeah that's something that i'm really looking forward to because i i've never been i'm not sure if you've been there before but this is going to be my my first one. So being able to go down there and speak in front of a unreal eccentric crowd, that's going to be very different for me because I've been speaking, you know, to mostly cinema 4D and after effects artists. So this would be my first time actually presenting to a crowd that actually knows, you know, like what I'm talking about and stuff like that. So it's going to be very different. But yeah, I would say um, I'm not sure if they're going to have it online live, but I do think that all the sessions are going to be up afterwards. So I would say definitely check out for that. Fantastic. Well, I'm also going to Unreal Fest, so I'm going to hang out. Okay, yeah. nice. Yeah, because I didn't know if I was going to know anybody down there or not. So at least I know one face that's going to be there now. Now you have one friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look forward to that very much. And um, 
yeah any, anything uh anything else anything you want to uh point people towards you have a twitter or anywhere else that people can can find your work yeah everything um youtube.com slash jonathan wimbush um i believe twitter is the same slash jonathan wimbush instagram um i started doing a little bit of tiktok on is at wimbush here but um yeah i'm still trying to figure out the tiktok thing like everybody says that i should be doing tiktok but i'm still trying to figure out how to bring educational content to tiktok because it's not really seems like what it's you know kind of used for but i'm there if you want to follow me and um yeah but i would say the main platform to check out what i'm doing will always be youtube that's where i'm putting the most content out and hopefully a lot of people are learning you know from what i'm putting out there I, I know they are, and I am my, myself, so I can at least speak for myself. But yeah, the um, the TikTok thing, if you when you when you figure that out, let me know because I can't work that out either. I like I can squeeze a lesson into one point two seconds, then I, then I'll, I'll do it. But... <laughs> yeah, for me, it's the the vertical format. Like I'm so yeah. used to working yeah, yeah. a sixteen by nine that is like nine by sixteen. I'm just like, yo, how do I? <laughs> like I, I've tried like squeezing it into it, but it's just like it comes out weird. So it's just like it's a whole different mentality of thinking about um how to project the content, which it's not a bad thing because you know, like I said, I'm always up for a challenge. So it's just about right. trying to figure it out, get it down to a science. But once it clicks, you know, it, I think it's gonna get there. So it's something um yeah, I know my daughter and my wife are all into TikTok, so I, I gotta jump on that boat. Well, I'm going to be coming to you for lessons. <laughs> I, look, yeah. I look forward to, <laughs> to checking it out. And um, Are you still doing mocap? Are you still doing any of that? You were, uh, I remember yeah, you were playing enough. with Xsense. Uh, no, funny that you say that. I just literally got the other day. These are the new Manus gloves, cool. the quantum gloves. So they just literally dropped. So this is what um I just literally opened this up today. That's why I had the package there. But going to be doing some more mocap stuff with the quantum gloves because they're supposed to be more accurate for your finger joints. Like it actually has like tips for your fingers and everything. And mm. that's where like you get more precise hand tracking. So that's what I'm going to be um, kind of going through like this week and next week, hopefully putting out a video on that. Um, first using just the gloves and then I'll probably do something using the gloves and the XN suit, just kind of showing how they work and correlate together. And then um, I know Rococo has been reaching out about doing like a comparison between like the Rococo one and the Rococo two. So that's something that I'm interested in seeing like the advancement in that suit. So yeah, I haven't done mocaps like all summer, but I'm really curious to see where these advancements are heading to. So definitely doing some more mocap on my channel here. Fantastic. And uh, are you, are you also, do you make music as well? Are you a musician? <laughs> um i wouldn't call myself a musician more like a hobbyist and so like i don't even know where i spend the time during the day but yeah just during some downtime i've been trying to teach myself piano so i have like my midi keyboard back there and then i also have like an npc beat machine and yeah it's nothing serious I just do it for fun it's cool just to kind of the beat on the pads and stuff and kind of mellow out and meditate and you know just kind of calm down at the end of the day you know right in in all of your spare time you get you can learn a, a whole <laughs> new hobby <laughs> yeah and it's like i wish i lived on mars or something try to get a little like an extra hour or something it's just like need more time in the day you know there's so much stuff out there that you want to learn and you want to do but you know just make it happen where you can yeah you can only can only do so much there's only so many pieces of software you could learn and industries that you could get into but uh, it seems like you do a very good job of it. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for the invite. Appreciate it. Can't believe that hour went past so fast. I know. Yeah, no, yeah. me too. Me too. I, well, maybe we can, we can have you back sometime. And I'm sure that by then you'll have a lot more things that you could talk about because you're a voracious learner. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I guess say the Blender course ain't coming anytime soon. I know when I put my video up on TikTok and people are like, oh, can you, when are you putting out Blender tutorials? So I'm like, I, I just literally open a program. So it's going to be a bit. <laughs> Maybe next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. 
again thank you very much for for being on um total total pleasure i also didn't know that an hour had gone um so yeah i look forward to hanging out at unreal fest and yeah yeah it should be cool definitely have you been there before or would this be your first one no yeah no it's the first one that they've had in years because of the pandemic and then before that i'm not sure if they ha if they had unreal fest at that point i remember the dev days i remember we used to have dev days where it was like just it was talks and it was mainly focused on development uh, and the games yep. industry and now it's kind of expanded out a little bit more into some of the other industries that they're they're in, into now but yeah right. i've no i've not been i've been to the dev days back in the day uh right. i'll say back in the day like five years ago <laughs> but <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm excited i've been to new orleans either so i'm i'm uh i'm excited yeah it might be my first time there down there too i know um i thought they had it pre-pandemic maybe like a year or two but maybe i'm thinking of the dev days like you were saying because i remember um i used to go to gdc up in san francisco um a couple of times there and i thought i remember something about unreal fest or something then but yeah maybe not maybe it's something else well at least we're going this year and we will share with all of you guys when we are there and uh yeah i also want to thank uh everyone for tuning in today and thanks for being a part of this and asking great questions and we got lots of you got a you got a fun fun crew in here i can see lots of lots of love going in the chat and lots of emojis and waves and claps and yeah <laughs> got, a, got a lot of a lot of love from the fans out there um no, yeah thank me. you jonathan a lot of good people i play games with we have a game night crew that we all play video games every saturday night so i see a lot of them in there so thank you all for coming by listening to me ramble um yeah it's been it's been fun